You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. He's here in studio, in person. Our Sportsnet 960 NHL insider, Frank Cervalli, is brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. Frank Saravalli, daily face-off, in studio. Thanks for coming in. What is going on? Uh, you know, the kind of in-person, in-studio. Wait, which microphone are we doing right now? <laughs> there we go. Okay. Like, like a swimming start to your hit right away. Hey, stuff happens. Yeah, it absolutely does. Um... You were in Edmonton Disappointing yesterday. Disappointing in person, aren't I? No, it's like you're better from afar. No, you're, you have spectacular I'm really hair. About this. Body for radio. No, no, you I, have spectacular hair, Frank. I'm not going to lie. It's, you know, that reminds me of a funny story, actually. Uh, I was reminded because I'm completing a little Western Canadian tour. Yep. And Jim Rutherford is obviously in Van. And mm. the first time I ever met him was like, I don't know, 12 years ago, 13 years ago. I'm standing in the you know, bowels of an arena outside of a locker room. And he comes up to me and goes, are you Frank? I, I like, yeah. Like, I thought he was going to, like, slam me for an article. Yeah. And he's like, bleep, you look so much better in your online photo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. Here, here we go. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Thank you. Now, yeah. speaking of uh, former uh, Vancouver Canucks general managers, um, when Jim Benning showed up with that dye job at the draft a few Ooh, years ago. Jet Black Jimmy? Yeah. What yeah. was your, like, like, how shocking was that to you that it when was... you saw that in person? Look, uh, as someone that prematurely went gray. Yeah. Looks I, good on you, though. Well, see, here's the thing. Like, forever, my mom was beating on me. You got you to gotta color it. You got to do something. You got to. I'm like, yeah. who am I fooling? Yeah. Like, and first off, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. So, mm. like, it is what I, I started going gray at 20. Like, just is what it is. Like, yeah. fact of life. So, um, he's not, that's not the most shocking die job in NHL history. There's a few people that tell a great story, and if you go back and look in some photos, um, longtime Nashville Predators general manager David Poyle. Oh yeah, he was like very gray in the '80s, like mm. like I am, like white. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, one day, someone picked him up at the airport, and he got in the car, and he had brown hair, and they were like, <laughs> "Excuse me, Hold on. should we talk about this?" Or Looks no? natural. Yeah. Do you have to acknowledge that just once, or do you have to acknowledge that forever? Because people are obviously going to catch on to you. So do you have to just acknowledge it the one time, or is that something you live with forever and ever? I think we've seen some other sportscasters in this country now start to acknowledge that they perhaps color just, their hair. Just kind of own it. A little self-help. Yeah, there's, a li- there's a little vanity to it. Who am I it? trying to impress? Like, no, I, like I am what I am. I'm overweight. Um, I have gray hair, and I drink too much. Like, that's... Uh, listen, sounds, listen, the Frank Cervalli experience yeah, uh, seems right good. Like, here. you have a full head of hair. That's that's a big uh, plus. Look, that's all I got going for me. Yeah. No, you're a handsome gentleman. I don't know why you're selling yourself so short. Uh, it's great that you're in studio with us right now. Tell me from somebody who hasn't been in Edmonton like myself yet. Mm-hmm. Ever? T- ever. I've never been to Edmonton Whoa. yet. Um, what, what am I, because I'm probably going to the outdoor game, but who knows. Uh, what, what From somebody who's been to Edmonton, you, you were there but the, recently, yes, like yesterday. yesterday. Um, what's Edmonton like for somebody who's never been? It's changed a lot. Okay. Um, for someone that started going there 15 years ago, they that arena changed everything downtown. Like 
there's still some. I'll just. This is coming from a guy from Philly. Character. I, I would describe them. There's a few stabby areas. <laughs> mm, yes, like St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, St. Louis. I think mm-hmm. yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah you mm-hmm. did say that on our show. Um, I got yep. that saved. There's yeah. a few like vaguely stabby areas, but you're like, yeah. It's not Calgary. No, Calgary has a real downtown. There you go. Worth actual like people. Bingo. Yeah. No uh, one really lives downtown in Edmonton. No. But, go but to this the is work. also not really a huge. Right here in this core is not a huge residential area. No, south of the tracks is where more of the apartment buildings are. Yep. Like that's where George and I live. But this side north of the tracks is together? pretty business. No, no. Uh, George, but George, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be fun if we did? George not refused really. my offer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, Matt Matt Rose is too gross to live with. That's Ooh. probably um, fair. It's true. Uh, where does that arena rank at best arenas in the uh, Ooh, NHL? It's in the top five for Ooh, sure. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's that nice. Uh, they did a really good job. Um, the cool thing about it is I mentioned how it's changed the area. They actually own a lot of the land around there. So they've already put up a hotel and they're calling it the ice district or whatever, but they're going to add more. There's going to be other stuff that's popping up mm-hmm. restaurants, things like that, bars that will make it a little better. So, um, I know there a lot of people are jealous here in Calgary of the arena in Edmonton. And I know I'm just going to go make upgrades to the dome though. They, they did, which is great. Players. Yeah. They did. Right. But I it... was talking to the, the flames guys yesterday. They were very, they were proud of that, and I, and they should be. Like from a guy who's been in a ton of NHL dressing rooms, how tiny is that room in Calgary? It's shocking how small it's it is. Still the best ever when Mackenzie Weger got here last year, and he was like, "Wait, this is this it? is it?" Yeah, <laughs> like, yep. and it's like cinder block walls. It feels like you're back in grade three, yeah, or, or a prison. <laughs> but I think yeah. that's changed. I, apparently, they made locker room upgrades. They did some significant upgrades to the family room. Which mm-hmm. I'm sure yep. they appreciate. But look, you can't there's no hiding it. It's not an arena suited for the NHL in twenty twenty three. No. It wasn't an arena suited for the NHL in two thousand five. But mm. well, there was no NHL in two thousand five. <laughs> yeah. Out of all not, the not dates a good you year pick, to pick, but yeah. out of all the dates you pick. <laughs> but still yeah. it it's in desperate, desperate need. Have you heard anything about? Because that, like, we had the premier of Alberta on our show. That's a big deal. And the mayor. Yeah, because we, we we're, do a lot of politics. Yeah, we're the political we're kind of fulcrum big, yeah. of Alberta politics on this show. But well, when yeah. it comes to Frank, getting an arena, that's those are the two people yeah. we need yeah. on the show. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard anything about the arena deal? Not recently. Yeah, but it's going to happen, it right? Seems like it's happening. But here's the thing: is the last, like, the last time around, it seemed like it it was happening until the flames yeah. broke it off. Like I've I've had this I've had this discussion on the show like and and you can attest to this, if they don't build a new arena within what five years the team could potentially could move right is that even a possibility I don't think so I don't think, so. I don't think this this team this city this market is losing a team even with this old saddle dome arena even with that okay that's that's comforting but at the same time not really because people are dying for a new barn here. Like, yeah, but it's, you can't it's, sell it's your going soul to, to come, it, right? Like, it's going to come. Like, this is a very pessimistic look to have at it. Like, sure. the Premier's only been in power for, like, what, six, eight months? I'm sure she's got other things to do. I agree. I would like to hear something right. about this. But she said when she was on... Yeah, but just, come on. It's a politician. What are she we was asked, about here? Well, listen, I know it was a, it was a thing. Like, what hey, vote for me. About? We'll get a new arena. Yeah, it was right before the election I get that it. she came on. Isn't but they that all... how politics works? Yeah, well, it was egregious. You ask for stuff, and then you don't do anything that you ask for. Yeah. Yeah, but a new arena will come eventually, you think? 
You're confident in that. Yes. Okay. And here's the really interesting thing, though. The Oilers obviously did. There's the bulk of it's private, right? Yeah. Yep. Some of it was funded by the government, oh. like the Alberta government actually did some funding for the uh, Edmonton building as well. But yeah, not here. They did some. Stro- I was going to say, so not to, you know, if I'm thinking about this from a parent's perspective, right? Like I have two kids. If I give my son a hundred bucks, then I also need to give my daughter a hundred bucks. Yeah. So yeah. if the Flames get a new arena, does the government just cut the Oilers a check? Well, the the province has already helped Edmonton with their arena. It's not in the exact direct way that they would be helping with yeah. the arena here. Like that ice district you talked about? But the ice district took yeah. provincial money to do a lot of their infrastructure building to help get everything off the ground for their arena. Gotcha. So technically, it would already be the other half of that it giving money like to Alberta. The Coyotes deal that fell apart, that the, they didn't get the votes for it. Yeah. Everyone kept saying it's totally privately funded. It's like, well, no, there's yeah, two hundred million dollars in site cleanup, yeah, and infrastructure like that's yeah. a real thing. Yeah, and that comes out of the. Um, I'm glad because budget. we obviously want to talk a ton with you about the Calgary Flames. But real quick, the Coyotes are never leaving Arizona, are they? Uh, these next four months are in- insanely critical. Like, for, like for real though, Frank. Like, I, like real, we've heard for this real. for years. Like, oh no, if this arena deal doesn't go through, they're out. They're going because to Salt Houston's Lake, waiting they? to pounce, right? Salt Lake City, Houston, they're they're both in the mix. But if here's the thing, the NHL has sort of acknowledged that they've told the Coyotes, you have basically until the new year to figure this out. And okay. if not, we can't we can't continue to be a revenue suck on everyone else. Yeah. Playing in a 4,000-seat arena. Other owners Can't won't stand it. for it. Yeah. Here's the thing. If they move, they're going to come back. The, the NHL loves that market. And maybe <laughs> that's the best thing for the market in an odd way. It's hard to get behind the Coyotes. Yeah. It's so much like bad there's, fanfare there's and just baggage like... baggage and the name. And it's like, you got to go somewhere else and you need a new name. I think about like a new fan who's like, all right, a new team. Like, let me learn about this team. Like the same way the Swifties are learning about the Chiefs right now. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, the chop is bad. Like Coyotes fans would be like, oh, let's learn about this new Coyotes team. And then you start like reading their Wikipedia page and you're like, oh, this has been like disaster after disaster since they've shown up. Maybe this isn't the best choice for me. But if it's a different organization, if it's a different franchise (laughs) or you move away and you come back, huh? That's if you want to be a hockey fan in Arizona. Okay, that's a very Which fair point. Which is a totally, <laughs> like, if you're going like, all right, I can be a fan of the Cardinals or the Diamondbacks or the Oof. Suns or whatever, and then I go, I'm going to be a hockey fan. And you're like, all right. It worked for Austin Matthews. Team. Yeah. Like, I, I, and you, you can speak to this, and, and I've had this, uh, I've talked about this before. I don't get how Austin Matthews, a guy who's one of the biggest stars in the NHL, American-born, mom is Mexican descent. Like this guy is like the most unlikely story ever in the United States to come from the desert, to be a superstar, to play for the marquee franchise in the NHL. Yet if Austin Matthews walks down the street in the United States, a lot of people have no idea who the hell he is. Is that just because we haven't had the Olympics? Cause Americans love Olympic hockey. They pretend like it's a big um, tradition that they have. Although we, we beat them in O2 right in the rink uh, and broke that tradition. But, um, is that because the NHL hasn't been the Olympics and Austin Matthews hasn't had a chance to shine on NBC? Because I feel like he should be a bigger star down south than he actually is. Do you want the real stone cold hard truth? People don't care about hockey in the States? Yes. Oh, okay. 
They also wear There helmets. are diehards. There's, you know, markets where it matters more. Yep. And the joke in Philly was always, and this is going back, speaking of arenas, to the spectrum, that you have, whatever it is, 17,777 Flyers fans in the city, and that's it. And it's overplayed, but, like, that's the joke in a lot of markets is you've got your core group that shows up all the time, is super passionate, but branching out, there aren't, there aren't, there's no casuals. There's no casual hockey fans. Right. Eagles fans, Phillies fans, there's, super Sixers fans. The most casual it gets is, like, I turn on the playoffs. I don't ever pay attention to hockey, but when the playoffs come around, I'm Yeah. In. Well, it's disappointing. I'm, is it surprising? Like, this is a country where people grow up playing football, basketball, and baseball. Yeah, this I is a country it. up here where people grow up playing hockey. Like, it's... No, I, no. I'm the never best. surprised when people compare hockey to the other major sports because it's not accessible in the same ways. The same way we always talk about how the NBA and the MLB don't connect here the same way they do in Toronto. Is the MLS bigger than the NHL right now in the States? Not yet. Yes, I think it is. Oof. I think it's really close. The arrival of Messi changed things? Messi was huge. Very close. That's disappointing for the NHL. But again, how's that ESPN deal working out too in the states? Like I'm, t- I'm t- in TNT because I feel like when I watch those broadcasts, I like the TNT broadcast better than what ESPN is doing. Is that having any sort of foothold in the states? By the way, you mentioned the Austin Matthews thing. The Canadian teams are now on national TV in the U.S. Like they should have been all along. It should be star driven and dependent, right? Sure. Like Not the Oilers, I think, had 18 games on national TV in the U.S. this year. Yeah. That would have been unheard of in the previous but, deal. It's it's Boston, Chicago, Philly, Pittsburgh, New York. That's it. Sure. All the big TV markets. Now it's we want the best players. We want the brightest stars on our network, which is the way it should have been. Here's the problem with the ESPN deal as I see it. Okay. It's it's brought the sport back into the conscious of sports fans because it's back on sports center but the problem with that is sports center's heyday is gone mm-hmm. people yeah. aren't sitting back to watch highlight shows like they used to and two half of the games or more that espn has are only on the streaming package and if you don't buy espn plus for 60 bucks a year which is not a huge commitment but if you don't buy it, there's no other way for you to watch the game. Yeah. So they do a full-scale, full-fledged national TV broadcast, but it's only on streaming. So there's, they're covering it the same way they have, you know, the key play-by-play sure. and, and analysts, the, the camera, every, everything, but it's streaming only. Hmm. So were the, was the league better off being on NBC then? Probably not from a finance, like definitely not from a financial perspective, like but to, probably not also from a, an attention and eyeballs perspective. Like ESPN is still ESPN. Right. Could you argue that ESPN is almost getting ahead of the curve here with how much people are cutting cable? Well, like sooner or later, like how many people are going to have a cable subscription? It's just going to be streaming all of your different packages. We're kind of already there. Right. Like it's. But yeah. how many how many people like. If so, someone said, if you don't subscribe to ESPN Plus, like this, this goes for anything. You're like, I, I don't want another subscription. I've yeah. got like 47 and 13 that yeah. I don't know about. Yeah. Like I, that I forget that just hit my bill once a year that I never look at. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, that's Frank Saravalli, NHL Daily Faceoff Insider, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. In studio right now, it's the big show, Russick and Rose, 960 The Fan. Um, we just talked to our man, Julian McKenzie, who you met down at the Dome. Yep, Super it, nice guy. I saw it at Winsport yesterday, yep. Um, he had a quote about uh, a Noah Hannafin avail that Noah Hannafin's seen a lot of changes here in Calgary. Do you think potentially he could maybe change his mind? We saw Michael Backlund change his mind. It felt like at the end of last season, he was on his way out. He was going to try to go chase a cup. Turnover, uh, have have a new fresh start in his career, and now he's the twenty first captain of the team. Do you think maybe with the new fresh positive vibes emanating from the dome that maybe Noah Hannafin stays a Calgary Flame? I would say it's a long shot. Okay, but is there more of a chance than there was maybe a couple months ago? So you're saying there's a chance? Yes. I still think his preference and probably always will be, and and I just to be consistent, I did say this to you guys back in June. That he ha- he doesn't hate it here. He's actually enjoyed right. it. He's it's been fine. But I th- his preference is still to play in the U.S. I think, which is fair. Yeah, if you're not from here. Yeah, he's an American dude. Wants to play in the states. And that's fine. But I think as good as the vibes are, however competitive the team is, like that doesn't change that, right? You're mm-hmm. s- you still want to play in the U.S. Do, mm-hmm. do you think has he played his best hockey? Um, I would say. I feel like there's more to give. Go, he did. Like I thought, he took a huge step two seasons ago. He's sort of gotten to that level, which is really important. But um, more to give. I think that's an interesting question and an w- interesting way to frame it. I would say, I. Th- the talent is no doubt there. Like there's a reason why he was a high pick and so sought after. Mm-hmm. It's been. Harder to pull that out in a more consistent way than I think some might have imagined. Thoughts on Elias Lindholm? Have anything has anything changed there? Have you heard anything since being in town? Nothing has changed there. I, I mean, I he still what he said at the the Flames golf tournament was totally honest and fair. Like he, he is open to it. Um, What's going to happen now, and I was talking to Michael Backlund about this yesterday, in a low-key way, he now becomes Craig Conroy's salesman, right? He's his biggest recruiter saying, like, I was originally on the fence, now I'm in, and come stick with me and let's go do this together. Sure. Let's re-up. Everyone re-up. It's like pledging at a frat. Yeah. I uh we're going straight out. Right. <laughs> what what's the hazing ritual like with Lindholm oh, uh, and Michael Backlund? Um what I, what I'm surprised about Lindholm is this Frank. It's a money thing now all of a sudden. I thought it was just you you're going to get something comparable to the Bo Horvat deal and you're going to sign and whether or not you want to stay or not. But now it feels like well it's about he wants to get that little bit of extra if he's going to stay, which I think is kind of surprising cuz I was under the impression, maybe a wrong one, that it was just about this is the money you're going to get. It's going to be in this range. Either you stay or you go, you get the extra year. But that's how agents work. Well, of course. Right? Like, is $10 million for Elias Lindholm too much? Probably. But the cap's going up, so they're fine. The Flames could swing it. I don't think they want to go that high. But is that the number you think he's asking for? I don't know the answer to that question. Hmm. So I don't want to frame it as if I do. But I would say that um, I think 
the where the flames started like there was never like hey we're gonna start at seven and we'll work our way like sure they just came in guns blazing like we know we gotta pay how does Bo Horvat, Dylan Larkin, that range sound? Mm-hmm. And is he a better player than those guys? Yeah, yes, he's a more complete player. Okay, I think. I don't know that he quite has the same consistent offensive upside that Dylan Larkin has. Sure. Because he's sort of been, if you just look at his numbers, he's sort of been a little bit mercurial. Mm-hmm. Um, but his defensive game, definitely more complete. And Horvat, like, I have a hard time. I like Bo Horvat as a player. Um, I have a hard time believing that his, I mean, look at how his numbers fell off when he went to the Islanders. He, last year, that the way he started out of the gate, that that I don't think that's, Duplicable. The That's goal not per repeatable. game pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what did he have, like 26 like, and 29 games or like something crazy like that? Yeah, right. it was like a .9 goal per game pace. That's not him. Yeah. He's a good player, but at the same time, he's not going to be going 40, 50 bingos a year. And is that kind of what you start paying for? Well, they 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 were paying for other things, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're paying for the face-offs and they're paying for the compete and all, you know, all that other stuff Leadership that comes with it. Leadership but it's still a hefty price tag. Like, if you yeah. would have thought, like, two years ago, what kind of neighborhood is Bo Horvat in, I would have said, like, without blinking, like, six and a half, seven. Mm. Let's Let's quickly play that. By the way, the Canucks gave out his numbers super fast. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, a little bitterness. There from Vancouver, just a little bit. Just in, I was at training camp on Tuesday. I was like, "Holy smokes!" That was fast. Three on the ice. Yeah. yeah. Wow. No Throwing problem. out all the pictures you had in the apartment of them mm. right away. You're like, "Nope, we're done with you." Um, can the Flames, if they have this core moving forward, of let's say Lindholm, hypothetically, he signs with the Flames. So you have Lindholm. You have Huberto. It's a big hypothetical. Yeah. You have Kadri. Uh, you have Backlund. Can Can the Flames eventually win a Stanley Cup with this core? You think? I think they can. I think they're going to need help supporting it. Is it young players that come in that have to, like, a guy like Coronado, a guy like Peltier, a guy like Hanzik eventually? Those guys got a hit for this team to be a legitimate Stanley Cup contender because of how their core is locked in? Is that how this has to work? I don't think it's necessarily that specific, like, to the, to put a dump truck on the back of those guys. Sure. Um, that would make life easier, for yeah. sure. Hey, Matt, we just need you to score 40 goals and be a dynamic goal scorer. That's all we need you to do. I can do that. Yeah. That would be nice. Um, I think they can. I I think this year you're going to see the Jonathan Huberto barnstorming tour. Talked to him yesterday for a while, and he he said last year was the first time ever, and I'm guessing this goes back to, like, minor hockey, that he didn't enjoy playing. Hmm. Did it have something to do with somebody else, you think? There was uh, a lot of very quiet shade thrown around yesterday. Sure. And, like, no one even needs to acknowledge it because everyone knows what what they're talking about. Sure. Light, airy, everyone's laughing, I can smile again, all those things. Like, we all know what that points to. The problem for the Flames is we all knew that last year at camp when it opened Yeah. that that was the problem. What's a reasonable over-under for his point total this season? Uh, I think Jonathan Huberto scores 90 points this year. 
I've been saying the same thing all summer long. Just saying. And that line looks pretty unbelievable. My buddy gave me a 55-point bet, and I couldn't jump high enough in the You're air to take 55 that 55 points. Yeah, he's a clown. He did that last year, didn't I he? I know. Yeah. And that was everything that could go wrong did. But there's a bit of a pessimist feel going into the season. Now, I'm going to take his money and watch Jonathan Huberto be a point-per-game so player. This is an actual quote from yesterday. He said, Calgary hasn't met Jonathan Huberto yet. That's awesome. Pitter-patter. That's exciting. How much upside does uh, Sharon Govich have? I think a lot. Uh, guy has wheels, and he can shoot. He can really shoot. So, I don't know that he's, like, winning any hockey IQ tests. <laughs> okay. And I'm not, okay. I'm not knocking him. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you need that. Jonathan Huberto is going to feed you the puck a million times this year. Just shoot. That's literally all you need to do. <laughs> right. Find a soft spot and let it rip, and yeah, it's going to go pretty well. You can get to the net because you can skate, and then just shoot when someone puts it on your stick. What have you thought about Ryan Huska in his first uh, head coaching camp? So I hadn't met Ryan Huska until yesterday. Okay. I uh, thought it was a really interesting conversation. Very detailed, smart guy, uh, clearly dialed in. And I think it's it wasn't a tall task, but I think the biggest – thing that he had to do going into the camp was just wipe the slate clean for everyone. Doesn't matter what happened in the past. Almost the whole team is back. He's making some tweaks. I yeah. think you're going to see their defensive zone be pretty different. And it was funny because he was laughing yesterday. I'd, I had a similar conversation with Jay Woodcroft in Edmonton earlier in the week about their defensive zone play. And he's like, such a copycat league. He goes, we all watched what Vegas did last year. And now we're all like, huh. <laughs> Yeah. We're going to see. This will work. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I think he's going to be good. I, I I think there's a fine line between um, fun and accountability. Every coach runs into that, and it's easy to like the new guy, especially when you hated the old guy. Sure. I think he's going to do a really good job of walking that line. Uh, Matty, um, we usually don't get the opportunity to have an NHL insider in studio with us. I know. I keep looking at his phone. Um, I know. Me too. It's like it went off. You only have one. I can, I can only see have one the phone. Frank phone, you guys. Yeah, it's right just, there. Just one phone. Just one phone? I think it rang. I uh, interviewed uh, Woj before. Mm -hmm. Two phones. And he, they're different carriers in case one goes down. Okay. That's a little weird. I got two. Why? Phones. Like if one goes down, like, sorry, I'm just. No, but he, he has to I'll get out so that well. trade. So he has to make sure they're two different carriers yeah, in case one goes down. That's a little much. What does he well, do on that phone for real? I, he has two of them. What One's kind of his personal is phone. Is visiting yeah. on there? Business, Frank. Yeah. yeah. That's why I got two. Uh, Business. Uh, one for uh, personal, one for his MBA stuff, which I thought was fascinating on different carriers. Um, Wanted to ask you the Vasilevsky injury. Mm -hmm. And right away, people in Calgary, Dan Vladar going to Tampa Bay. Do you think that's even on Tampa Bay's radar? As far as I know, and, and Tampa has known about this injury for a bit. I heard about it on Monday, and I started poking around, mm -hmm. asking questions. And the the response I got, people kind of waited, and then it was like, what are you talking about? Vasilevsky's on the ice today for practice. <laughs> Clearly, you don't know anything. That footage sure. of him with his goalie coach, and everyone was like, why is he out there by himself? But I was like, <laughs> okay. I get like so I kind of just left it alone. Yeah. Like I'm like, all right, I'm uh, stupid. Sure, guys. Not the first time I got a bad scoop. Um, so I kind of just parked it, and then all of a sudden, surgery eight to ten weeks. 
here's my understanding. The lightning and flames have not spoken about that. Okay. About that? I no, I don't. Oh, okay, I got excited there for a second. Okay. I, everyone was excited yesterday. First thing, everyone was like, "Vladar, Vladar!" Like, yeah. everyone's all over it, trying yeah. to connect dots that don't exist. Yeah. Sure. But here, it, I think the truth is, and I did ask Craig Conroy about this yesterday, and he acknowledged that the plan, at least as it stands right now, unless something changes and some, you know, someone steps up, the plan is to send Dustin Wolf to the Wranglers. To start the year because they want him to play and because he's waiver exempt like you don't just throw out dan vladar just because you you know that dustin wolf has earned the opportunity sure so they're going to do the right thing and take their time but i do think that if you injected some truth serum into craig conroy that what he would tell you is probably the best situation is to move dan vladar just for everyone involved like sure. you really want to have dustin wolf engaged and by the way, I made this point with you guys last week. They think Jacob Markstrom is dialed in and ready to go. Mm -hmm. But if he isn't, pure meritocracy. Sure. You go with whoever's good, whether it's Vladar, Wolf, whether it's your uncle from St. Catharines. Sure. Good pull. <laughs> mm. I wonder what the value is for Dustin Wolf outside of this market. What people, or pardon me, for Dan Vladar outside of this market. What people think he is as a goaltender in the so NHL. So glad you asked that because that's one thing that I think this market has really gotten wrong. Damn you, Calgary. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> is, they traded a third to get him, right? Yeah, I think they've gotten it wrong. They're like, oh, he's, you know, he's only going to get us a four. Like, no, Dan Vladar is viewed league-wide as a potential starter. Not potential, but like number one right now. He had a tough year last year. I think part of that is you hear the stories from this summer about Daryl Sutter. Sure. Obviously, you didn't trust him or like him. Hmm. Um, so that probably like, explains that. Yeah, he sort of gave him the starting job for like two games and then just took it right back. But like, the, and then sort the of. stories about him chirping Markstrom on the bench in a 0-0 game, like, oh, Marky's not going tonight. Get get ready get, get ready like what, what? Like, what? you haven't heard what? this no what you I think uh, it wasn't it it was to Foley I think on a podcast this summer he was telling the story about like how he he's like we're sitting there on the bench halfway through the first period it's a no score game and he, and he's like they hear Daryl going oh Marky didn't show up tonight and I no one scored <laughs> scoreless he, so he'd be like he'd be yelling down the bench go get ready. You're, <laughs> Like just to try and like pump everyone up, and they're like, "What? Yeah. What is happening here? You guys, uh, I just gave you some good fodder." There you I go. love that. Um, how long can you stay for? Uh, I got. I needed to leave like three minutes ago. No, I'm just kidding. No, like, well, and honestly, can you stay a little longer? Yeah, you I'll go? stay a little longer. All right, that's uh, Frank Saravalli, NHL Insider, Daily Faceoff. More of him next. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, nine sixty, the fan. The Big Show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Speaking of live in studio, Frank Saravalli, NHL Daily Faceoff, a regular on this program, in studio right now. Yes. Flying out later today back home. Mm -hmm. um, wanted to ask you, um, what's your day like? Like, have you ever slept in for a big scoop? You're like, oh boy. Fell asleep on the couch. Don't know what's going on. Like, what? Tell me. Take me through your day being an NHL insider. You're one of the few guys on the planet who experience this life, live this lifestyle, 
Take me through a regular Frank Cervalli day. I don't think that's ever happened. I mean, I think there was one year where I wasn't even an insider yet, but I was covering the Flyers, and it was the night before the trade deadline, and the Flyers traded Braden Coburn to the Lightning for, like, I think multiple first-round picks, if I'm not mistaken. But it happened at, like, 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I woke up at, like, 6, and I was, like, gutted. <laughs> I was, like, I can't believe I didn't stay on it, stay awake. And yeah. I guess, like, you can't really beat yourself up to, like, if it's going to happen at yeah. 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, like, it just is. Like, yeah. Got to sleep at some point. Yeah. I mean, we're... I can only, like, I, I put it next to my nightstand, but I don't always hear it. <laughs> right. But I don't, there's not been, like, since then, like, luckily, knock on wood, anything that I'm, like, heartbroken about. Um. Do you know the trade? I have it I have it right in front of me here. Do you remember it? Do you know the date? You would really impress me if you knew the date. No, I don't. March 2nd, 2015. Do you remember the trade? No. Uh, Radko Gudis. A 2015 first, 2015 third for Braden Colbert. Okay, so I was off. I have a question. Was there a point where you were like, I guess I'm an insider now, or did you did you physically like go yeah, out and try happen? to do it? Like, how did how did the how yeah. did this happen? Because yeah, you were on the Philly, you were on the Flyers beat, and now you're a national insider. Yeah. When did you tell your wife? I guess I'm an insider now. Yeah. So I hate the term insider. Yeah. I think it's <laughs> cheesy and. Yeah. What does it even mean? Yeah, no. it is. It is kind of cheesy. Of? Yeah. The answer Pardon? is no one. <laughs> Sounds kind of sexy, Frank. <laughs> yeah. Sounds so really sexy. What I would say we is, we have a music for that. Um, Sorry. When I was working at another network, um, yeah. you kind of like keep climbing the ranks, and I had some really good mentors, and some of the best that have ever done this take sure. me under their wing, and then at some point. You go on a show that's called that, and you become that, and yeah, that's kind of how it works. Now uh, you talk about that insider. Obviously, Bob McKenzie's the the goat of all NHL insiders. That was the guy. Um, did you did he give you like did he's like hey here are all these contacts and he's just like texting nope. you all these con no, nothing like that. No, but it um, he would share with me everything that he had. We had a group chat that you throw all the information you have in there and. It's a team effort. And then, but he was so helpful for me in understanding different situations that pop up. Like, how do you handle this? How do you word this? What's the best Mm. way to present this info and intel? And I think the biggest thing I learned from Bob, aside from like how to be a great teammate, is the best insiders on the planet, the best people at this, they only really tell the public 10% of what they know. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you keep it in your pocket just to hoard it. Yeah. But it's just that not everything is for public consumption. And some things do like, there's a lot of things that we hear or see or know that just don't make it out. And that's the way it should be. And it's not to be secretive. It's just that that's kind of how life is. Same way any other company would operate in the public sphere. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think it's a trust thing. You have to build trust with people. Like, you don't right. just, like, 
show up one day and people start handing you information mm-hmm. because right. you were on TV. And how, like, do you struggle with that when you have this piece of information that are you worried that maybe you jeopardize yeah. a source by releasing this information? But you're like, this information is very pertinent to what, you know, this trade rumor or this team or this what's going on in the league. Like, how do you wrestle with that internally? Yeah, I think you being have an to, insider, you weigh everything and, and look, to be candid, there's not everyone likes you or trusts you. There, mm. First off, there's a whole subset of teams that could care less and don't interact with you. Then there's others that you name flat some out of those don't teams? like you. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. And then you have like your group of people, your circle of trust that that's how it works. And not to like share the secret sauce, but um, sometimes you have to burn someone. Mm-hmm. And that person hates you forever. But that's that's what you signed up for. You yeah, you, like I'm not going to I'm never going to lie for someone. I'm never going to, you know, not tell the truth and especially when it comes to you know, things of serious nature, a, a sexual allegation or assault or something like sure. anything that's, you know, we know where the line is and that's not blurred. Mm-hmm. But the other part to keep in mind too is like we're talking about hockey. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's put things into perspective. This is also supposed yeah. to be fun. So that's the other half yeah. of it is like trying yeah. to tell people like, come on, can I please, I need, let me, let me sprinkle a little bit of this out there because this sure. is supposed to be fun. I have, you mentioned you had the phone beside you on that 2.30, but you know, you have the phone beside you. What more can you do? How often is it you calling a source versus source calling you? I'd expect it's mostly you reaching out. It's, it's, mostly me reaching out and this is the funny part about the business is there are others that i compete with elliot and whoever else sure um so you're sending a lot of you up texts all the time and hoping for the bubbles <laughs> yeah that's essentially const- what you're doing that's my life is yeah. actually hoping you up, for bubbles and then you're like come on hoping bubbles for bubbles <laughs> yeah yeah that should be the name of your book yeah hoping for bubbles you're welcome <laughs> yeah yeah but it's it's the funniest part about it is there's sometimes no rhyme or reason as to who gets what. You might just be the guy that popped to the top of the list on so-and-so's phone. Or <laughs> they answered your call instead of someone else's. Sure. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Like Sometimes it's you're incredibly lucky. Sometimes you just are eating a turd burger. I have another one. What is a hint that something is afoot? Oh, I don't know. You can always tell when people start acting weird. Yeah. Well, you you ask a question and you get like an obtuse response or a, mm. oh I don't know or something like or they don't respond at all. That's usually the biggest telltale is like when they don't answer and you're like oh this guy gets back to me every time in five minutes. What do you yeah. mean? <laughs> so then you got to try and track it down through other methods and means. There's always people on the periphery and you'd be shocked sometimes at where stuff comes from. Um, can I no. Two things I want to ask you, and I know you got to go soon, and we appreciate your time. Uh, number one, the uh, the player either bought or sold a house, or somebody <laughs> saw him at the airport. Uh, which one is your favorite insider thing? The, the realtor or bought, the airport yeah. check? Yeah. yeah, the saw him at the airport or uh, bought or sold a house in the area. Neither one of those things has ever helped me. <laughs> yeah. See, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Because we get some texts. Oh, my buddy works at the airport, and he just saw Elias Lindholm, you know, flying early, or he just left. Realty or... insiders, those are my favorite. Yeah, oh, that's... just so you know, he sold his house. 
Yeah, okay, I don't know if he bought one. another one. Yeah. But he sold his yeah. house. Yeah, they got a lot of money. Yeah, you got closer to the rink. That also, was... uh, do you ever struggle with getting the information out as quickly as possible and then making sure you're right? How do you struggle with that? It's only ever about being right. Mm-hmm. Okay. As I soon can, as you, uh, as soon as you go fast, you lose your credibility if you get it wrong. Correct. And I, it was funny because I had a few Flames fans tweeting me this week after Backlund signed, like, "Oh, you got it wrong." I was like, no, in June, that's exactly what was happening. Isn't that the worst when they're grabbing your tweets from months ago? I don't mind. I mean, look, it's part of the deal. Like, it's what, but like, no, I didn't no, get it wrong. No, but imagine going through somebody's Backlund acknowledged tweets. this week that he changed his mind. Yeah. That's a direct quote. Yeah. Is there anything more valuable to you than your credibility? No. That's all I have and my hair. That's it. Beautiful. Wrap up, your hair looks so good. Yeah. It looks so good. It's a beautiful silver mane. That's all I got. <clears throat> my name and my hair. Um, we appreciate you coming in studio. Great um, to press the flesh. Yeah, it was great. Uh, maybe we'll see you in Edmonton. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I'll be back in a few weeks. And we'll get after it in Edmonton because Matty Rose is Mr. Negative Pants when it comes to making the three-hour drive north. I. It's not the three-hour drive. It's the destination of when we arrive at the end of the three-hour drive. Okay. Looking forward to it. This should yeah, be, be fun. It should be good. Yeah, I actually be got a view of Commonwealth the other day. Like It's yeah. like nicer than I thought. Yeah. Giant stadium. Yeah. The weather, who knows what it's going to be like. It could be an absolute bleep show. It could be awesome. It could be just a nice, it could be like we had last night. Uh, real quick. And real quick. I know you got to go. Best outdoor game you've been to? Ooh. Tahoe? Um, I think I've been to like 15 outdoor games. Carolina last year? Tahoe? Lake Tahoe? Carolina I did not go to Tahoe. Carolina oh. was cool. Um, did you go to Buffalo in the snowstorm? We're sitting Crosby scored nope, in the shootout. I was at the World Juniors that year. Fenway Park oh. 2010. Oh, Wrigley 2009 was good. Nice. Wrigley was really cool, and it was snowing, and it was cold as hell. Nice. Uh, that's Frank Cervalli, NHL Insider for Daily Faceoff. Frank, we look forward to talking to you all season. Thanks for this, pal. Looking forward to it, guys. There he is in studio, Mr. Frank Cervalli. I think we learned a lot. I The insider stuff is the stuff that fascinates me, if I'm being honest. like, Well, yeah. That behind, pull the curtain back. That's, that's the, that's the well, real now we know. stuff. Uh, if your if your buddy is a realtor, um, or uh, working at the airport, guys like Frank, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Those guys don't hit home. Not yep. at all. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't matter. Um, we got a couple minutes to go here. Um, we'll do plays of the week. Um, we got a text. I could listen to Frank talk all day long. Absolutely, uh, terrific stuff from Frank Saravalli. He's also way insider. too hard on himself. Good looking lad. Yeah, he is beautiful silver mane. There he goes. And there he's gone just like that. Hate to watch him go, but um, well, sorry, what? Throw it out there. Um, maybe we'll have Elliot Friedman in studio one day. <laughs> oh, he, he might. Who knows? I think he might have a better chance with Merrick. <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. Hey, Elliot, the Can't ball's in your court. I'm already court on your radio station. Can't wait. <laughs> Elliot, the ball's in your court. I miss him. I know Elliot on. I know Freed. I've interviewed him before. I've produced. He's texted him a million times. He's he probably actually, hates my guts. He's actually called me and gave me grief about something. Oh. Uh, after we did a hit together. He's and I'm never. Like, Elliot Friedman. I go, well. How'd you. It's like when John Heyman called me. his number? like when John Heyman called me. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Oh, God, John Heyman. Yeah. How did you get this number, Friedman? And then he gave me a little crap about something. <laughs> You're going to hear that John Heyman Listen, call coming up it, next week? Well, I'll tell you about it. But again, like. 
it was because I kept remember the whole Austin Matthews thing pulling his pants down in front of the security guard. Yeah, yeah. I kept calling it Gitchgate, mm-hmm. and I thought it was really clever. <laughs> and he didn't like your no. He, he didn't like that term, and like I kept the, using it over and over and over. He didn't, Patrick. Like is that not clever? Gitchgate. Gitchgate. Uh, Gitch or Ginch? No, not Ginch. You're Gitch. Gitch. Oh, okay. Oh my God. Yeah. Eh. What's Ginch? A ginch is under is like another term for underwear. No, Gitch is the underwear, not Ginch. No, I thought it was Ginch. Oh, here, here, here. I've, I've heard Ginch. Yeah, I've heard Ginch. I've heard ginch, ginch or I think it's Ginch. I think ginch. ginch. It is Ginch. Yeah, okay, what whatever. did you say? Gitch? Yeah, he said, I thought it was Gitch. They're both. Okay, there gitch you go. Ginch. Okay. We're both white. Yeah. High five. Yay. Look at us. <laughs> Look at this merry band of morons. Good job. Um, better chance to get Heyman and Morosi than Freeman. No, I disagree. <laughs> Uh, Morosi would definitely get him. Love John Morosi. Morosi ever came to Calgary, he would come in studio. Oh, hell yeah. He would. Here's absolutely what, Here's would. why Elliot doesn't like to come on the radio, because he gets clipped, and then... He gets radio. He, he, gets sa- radio. he talks about it. Yeah, he hates it. Like, I understand. So he's decided, I'm yeah. going to do a half hour with Jeff, where I know the producer, and I know the interviewer, and yeah. that's what I'm going to do. And fine. That's totally fine. Yeah. We, we Honestly, having him every day of the week on our station... That's a treat. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's I great. would like to talk to him, but I also understand. Yeah, he's great. Um, he's funny. He's a good dude. Yeah. Funny guy. Uh, we got a couple minutes. All the all the NHL insiders are, are very personable people. Well, they I have think. to be. Yeah. Otherwise, they don't get the scoops. Look yeah. at Frank. Good the, guy. The scoops. Like, was, Fun I, time. With I was Frank. watching Shams yesterday talk on the McAfee show. Seems like a great dude. Did he talk about how he broke the hearts of Raptors fans? Never brought anything up about the Toronto thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, crazy. That's so yeah. weird that they didn't bring <laughs> he's going to the Raptors. What? <laughs> Um, what do you got coming up in Big Show Extra, Big Show Plus, more Big Show, mucho Big Show? There's some there's some news around the CFL. Maybe it's it's, it's this Chad Kelly what? benching man. I, it's it's leaving a rough taste in a lot of people's mouths. So I'm gonna talk to Justin Dunk, Three Down Nation. Why? Because like the the Argos don't want their prize quarterback to get yes, hurt. Yes, but in there's a still a month game. of football. Left. Five weeks left in the season. He's only gonna play three <laughs> wait. Of the games. Like, wait, wait, five weeks till the five weeks in the season yeah. or five weeks till the Grey Cup? Five weeks in the season. In the what? Season. Yeah, it's just because the Argos have dominated the East and clinched everything. They're just resting everybody, and it sucks they because this is the biggest game left, of the year. And they've decided that they're going to rest him for two of them, and this is one of this them. This is a great cup preview, possibly, in Winnipeg, and literally Dinwiddie's excuse was, I don't want to have Dinwiddie. I, the crowd noise and the D-line scares me. Okay, you're going to have to maybe face him in a great cup, dude. <laughs> yeah, but the great cup, the great cup would be in Hamilton. You don't have to worry about crowd noise from Winnipeg in Hamilton for the great cup. Uh, there won't be a, lot of, there'll be a lot of bomber fans there. I love oh. your passion. CFL football right there. Um, CFL and then I got playoffs for us. Yeah, they're on the go. It is you against Bender, I think. Can you send me the link? I got to put my lineup in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to do that. Got to put my lineup in against Johnny Bender. You got to win. You got money on the line. Like, like crush him like a grape. Where it's also like I've I've heard Gaunch before as well. Oh, okay. Thank you. Gaunch. The text line would text Ginch. Gaunch. So (laughs) yes, the text line. Thank you. (laughs) Um. Before we go, <laughs> Justin Dunk. Um, then I got burning questions with GVP. We're going to have a little fun. Oh, what what kind of burning questions? NHL burning questions. Oh, look at you getting airtime. I'm getting GVP. all hot thinking nice. about it. Damn right. Uh, that's it for us. You got some plays of the week for us before we say goodbye on a Friday? You betcha. All right. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, follow the podcast if you like. Fun chat with Frank. Mm. Great chat with Julian. Mm-hmm. Mixed in some golf talk with our man, Adam Stanley. We had a lot of fun this morning. Going to be a good one. Have a good weekend, guys. Yeah, have a terrific weekend. Battle of Alberta tonight, preseason styles. Let's go. I'll be doing intermissions. Bye. Oh, will you?
Yes. And you're doing that. Okay, sit down. Where the show's not done yet. I gotta go to the washroom. Hurry All up. Right, play, okay. play the plays of the week. You're dragging this Apple, thing on. Google, we could have gotten Spotify, out of here three minutes ago. Amazon, wherever you get your favorite podcatcher. Uh, plays of the week now. Uh, we'll talk to you Monday. Bye. This is the best of the worst of the big show with Russick and Rose. Uh, alarm balls or, or alarm bells are just a, a blip on the radar here for the Cowboys. There goes the Hubert Act. Uh, Hubert Act. Huberto. <laughs> Hubert Act. Hubert Act. That Hubert Act is really good. <laughs> Your boy is a straight up Swifty. Who throws a shoe? Honestly. Who? Thank you, George. See? Thank you. See? Where would we be without you? See? Back to the drawing board. Uh, Plenty of ammunition for the coaches uh, to put in their uh, teaching gun. Say hello to my little friend. Uh, Dave Dickinson, the head coach and GM of the Flames. You sure about that? Are you ready? Ready. 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 Uh, Real quick. (laughs) I remember when I was a kid. It was around grade six. Seven. You pooped your pants? No, I never pooped <laughs> my pants. Knock on wood. So There's always uh, a first. <laughs> Thanks, Patrick. I had a lot of diarrhea. 900. Four on four light in the frame. Now Jet Alex I- Alif. Oh my I follow. The kid's having a little bit of trouble this morning, eh? <laughs> my goodness. But what was your reaction when it was Trevor or Marcus Simeon? Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon. I've done that twice in back-to-back days. <laughs> you also have like 40 pounds of fat on your body, sure. right, Michael? Yeah, yeah sure. something like that? No, yeah. not mm. at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah, sure he does. <laughs> the Big Show with George Russick and Maddie Rose. Weekdays when you wake up.